Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How are you now? It's James here, brought to you by the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange. It's the Theory of Thing Investment Podcast. I'm going to get that right. My name is James Whelan, Investment Manager, and a, revised, uh, a, a, reminder, a reminder that all generals are advice in nature. I'm going to get that right as well one day. Um, mate, speak to an advisor about your needs. Don't, don't forget to mark well. I'm joined by Heath Moss of HL Investments. Heath, how are you now? Very well, mate. Doing better than you are by the sounds of it. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, it's going to be okay, mate. Don't worry about it. Look, hey, look it's, been a, it's been an absolutely boring week. Good thing we've got nothing to talk about. Boring um, week? Nothing going what on. What are you living market. on? What are you living on? Nothing, go- <laughs> nothing going on in the finals last week. Nothing going on in anything. Um, nothing going on in Japan. Um, mate, can you can you give us some sort of a thing? Oh, actually, hang on a minute. Yes, as I, as I mentioned, this podcast is brought to you by the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange. It's going to be a quick one. We've got 15 minutes here of recording time, and then we've got to get on with our lives. Um, the drinking game for this week, <laughs> the words of the week on the drinking game, on the uh, on the finance drinking game, uh, route, routed. And ousted. Um, <laughs> um, routed bond and market, ousted. Bond market routed and US Speaker of the House ousted. Uh, you the can get ousted, ousted as well if you really want to. Um, uh, mate, I'll tell you what, I got in today. Got in today. Got in today to the office. I'm joined, I'm, I'm from the city office today. Um, I'm fortunate that I've got a city office. I get to keep one here. And, you know, a little bit late from the buses, a little bit of family stuff, get in, five minutes, coffee time, a little bit of productivity, building evacuation. Outside, all the way around to Martin Place, like you can't, you can't, you can't just tell them to sort off. And I'm saying here, you got to actually no. be a part of it. Um, even though I'm just sort of working here in my own little place. Anyway, I get back in. I've had about, I've had about ten minutes net total time of actually working time. Commercial real estate can go and screw off to uh, to get a little bit that way. Well, uh, what is it? Uh, commercial <laughs> real estate, commercial real estate vacancies worldwide are about what thirty percent at the moment. Um, pre-pandemic, yeah. it was five. So we we all know the state. We all know about that debt rolling over. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's a bit of trouble on the horizon still to come. I think there. 
Yeah. Now, speaking of trouble on the horizon, I had this up a second ago. Is the mate free wheeling coming in here? Look at this. Look at this photo of us from the. I'm back from the farm, uh, or the beach house, whatever it is you want to say. That can you see that there? Yep. Yep. Just hanging on that cat. (laughs) Oh no, the beach house. Oh yeah. Look at that that smoke. Look at that. Yeah. Oh jeez. Jeez, Stockhead love a bit of an ad. That's that's the fires that were down there at uh East in East Gippsland. They were coming in from the west. So that's a view from the beach house there. That was mm. that was scary. It's gonna get worse. Now it keeps you in mind, there's a segue here that before the uh before the big issues sort of start, make sure that you are prepared, that you have a plan, and that you're ready to put it into place. Now the metaphor for that is not just necessarily with regards to bushfire preparedness, but also with regards to what you're going to do in your portfolio when the 10 year eventually hits 5%, which is something that I suggested may happen, it should happen to the market. Now that it is happening, it seems like maybe there's not as much of a crazy panic around as there was anticipated to be, that rates are up to this sort of normal level. My reasoning behind it back then, and I'm not, 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 not crowing and not saying I called it, I was just saying it needs to be about there because it means that as advisors, it does mean, and, and and as portfolio managers and as super fund holders and everyone who does what they need to do, it does mean that you can actually allocate your risk in a more sensible level as opposed to having mm. to take bigger punts on stupider things. And we saw what, what mm. those stupid things were. Um, I'm still holding some of those stupid things, and I don't think I'm ever going to get uh, be able to get out of them. But it does mean that that you can. So portfolio allocation is now much easier, theoretically, to do so with, with rates in the safest assets in the world much higher. However, we are seeing that there is um, a severe rout drink in various parts and various assets that are doing it. I still hold firm to my to my theory and the global X theory as well that um, the big the megatech doesn't really respond as much as they should to uh, that raising rates because of that discounted cash flow thing that should be. They don't do what the textbooks say that they do. You're going to get a really big chance to to pick up some of those stocks at big thick lines wherever they are. We don't have any charts here. Heath, mate, do you want to give us a quick overview of what else is going on in the market apart from, uh, well, you know what, tell us about what's going on in yields. Hit it. Yeah, mate, that's that's what it's all about this week is yields. They they really took off over the last last week since we last uh, spoke. Uh, the 10-year in the US, especially the long-dated yields, I'll, I'll say duration is the theme. Yeah. Um, the 10-year hit uh, about 4.8. Now that's up, uh, I reckon, 30 basis points in about a week. Um, it's now settled back down to 4.7 due to some uh, softer data overnight. Uh, sh- the uh, the shorter end of the stick, the two years are around about where they were, about five five percent at the moment. So that inversion is really shortening. It's down to about you know 30, 30 bips there. Um, that was over a hundred bips about three months ago. So we're seeing a real shortening there, and we- we've seen it here in Australia. We've seen the ten year really take off here too. It's about four point six percent at the moment. Did hit a higher four four point seven percent. So. Um, that's the story yeah. of the week, and that's got equities a little bit jittery. The S&P, uh, S, uh, S&P 500 down about half percent. Now it takes up 0.4%, though, um, so a little bit of recovery there. But the Australian market, the SJO, down 2.2%. It really hit us hard here, um, those yields spiking uh, and whatnot. So um, that's basically the story of the week. We saw oil come off big time last night. Um, yeah. the, with a, they saw a, uh, a gasoline build, so not an oil inventory build, but a gasoline build of 6.5 million barrels, so a big build there. So there's concerns about demand, you know, higher prices, squashing demand, which, you know, oil, whilst it's inflationary, it's also deflationary because, you know, if you're, you're having to fill the car up to go on holidays and it's a 
you know, a couple of bucks extra a, a, a gallon or whatever, then um, yeah. you may be like, well, maybe we'll stay home this uh, this time around and not to go on those Christmas holidays or whatever it is. So uh, yeah. oils oils really uh, come off a bit. It's down to about 80, 86, I think. Yeah, you could go for yeah. it, Jim. Um, yep. There's there's two arguments here. First off, do you want to be a hero in oil? It's so funny the number of people that were like, you know, oil's going to go 100, oil's going to oil's going to smash through. There's also some things out of Russia on diesel, too. But I mean, that, let's not go too far into it because we want to make it a quick podcast, so we don't want to make it the oil podcast. But this is U.S. real personal spending for August, mm-hmm. showing that there is still strength, and this has been a big part of what's been going on. There's still strength in the U.S. economy. Um, yeah. That. Um, you know, that, that this is through Daily Shot, um, and it's on the screen here, showing that the U.S. personal spending, U.S. real personal spending still continues to go up. And then last night you're hearing, oh, well, demand is, is coming off because of this. And it's like, you know what, which it's got to be one, it's going to be, it's got to be one or the other or sort of some sort of blend of both between the two. Uh, mm-hmm. I still hold firm that the U.S. consumer is is and has been the most stubborn mofo of any of this situation and they will continue to do so 60 i think i'm allowed to say that 60 something percent of us gdp is the us consumer globally speaking it's about 15 percent of global gdp last time i checked based on those mathematics they have stubbornly managed to continue to bullishly spend their way through this i think that they will continue to do so any weakness in the oil price any any weakness in gas prices means that they're back on the road and back doing what they're doing and they don't really care. And you've got the fact that, here we go, next bit. With the craziness, the GOP has just basically committed suicide, um, not to make a joke of, of that situation, but the, the, they, are, they are cutting their own heads off, those guys, um, in what they're doing over there. Strengthens the Democrats. Biden, more debt relief. Biden, more inflationary pressures. Not going to do much for the oil price as well, based on, on where the Democrats are. Okay, play that. Do, do. Then, I suppose you're going to get those two. So you're going to get you're going to get a debt relief, which then adds to more consumer ability. But then you're going to have higher prices because Biden's an idiot when it comes to the SPR and also <clears> when it comes to renewables. So more of the more of the same. You, got no, I've got no point. Do of view any of those bills get through though? Um, especially with McCarthy gone now, um, it's going to make uh, things yeah. a little bit. Uh, a little bit everything tougher. Just, everything I mean, just stagnates, hey? Yeah. We've got about 45 days until the next uh, sh- possible shutdown. They uh, averted it for 45 days. McCarthy yeah. is gone. It looks like they could go into this with no speaker. Um, and, yeah, none of those bills, I mean, there's a there's a small group of Republicans that are really pushing hard for some tough cuts in those bills, um, and I think right, yeah. rightly so. I mean, the government should be cutting um, spending and not running these huge deficits. Um, and, uh, you know, it could, because if, if they can't come to an agreement of 45 days, then, you know, the economy shuts down or the, the, the government shuts down and businesses stop spending because they, everything becomes so uncertain and they sit on their hands and go, okay, we'll wait to see if there's a little bit more certainty. Um, now it's more than likely that, you know, 11th hour again, we get another agreement and yada, 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 but, um, that, that risk hangs over the market for a while. And, uh, whilst those uh, yields are relatively really high. Um, uh, real yields are, are going much higher as well. Um, then uh, you know I can't see a bullish um, uh, bullish narrative for the market in the short term. And yeah, I'm not, we're heading I'm, into I'm, Q, Q3 earnings next week. However, 
statistically speaking, here is the, I'm just going to find out here. This is very handy. The S&P 500 average returns by the month and their standard deviations. Thank you to Scott Helsting of Global X. Again, I just saw this on his LinkedIn profile, but you can get this from pretty much a thousand places. I've got it. September is yep. always crappy, um, or sorry, historically cra crappy, going back to 1950 on average. And this is up here. October is traditionally slightly less crappy with about a 1% average return for the S&P 500, mm -hmm. but it swings wildly with its standard deviations going out anywhere between 6% up and 4% off, however, marginally up. The next three months are usually up because now we go into the next quarter of, of reporting, second real week of um, October at the end of next week is when US reporting sort of kicks off. It's going to be all eyes on. Now, based on what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, keep an eye on the outlook from companies. If they're saying we see it to be bullish, we think <clears> the consumer is in, we think that things are going great, we think that everything is going fantastically, yields will continue to, to go, or he says, as if, I'm, as if I know where the 10 years is going, as if anyone does. But we yields yields should continue to pop up because of the stability and there's no landing and that there's no recession, which means that yields go up, which then means that big chunks of the market do come off. So good reporting is actually going to be bad. So pay attention to that. So then that means that if you get good reporting, then this maybe the 1% up month of October may not be so fruitious. However, if you get the company saying, hey, we're seeing some really bad ordinary outlooks that are going on here, Yields come off, everything gets a little bit easier, um, and we get a night similar to similar to sort of last night, I'm going to say, mm. um, potentially maybe with. Although here's the thing, oil then oil then goes up on that sort of weakening because rates come off, but then we, this dog chases its effing tail again around the table. Um, what? There's no way out of that. Actually, I, I, I'm no. not entirely sure how I do it. That's that, that's in anywhere anywhere near certain. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh... But, but actually, the the one thing though um, that has happened, and we saw that in the Q2 earnings, is companies have a little bit more certainty with their guidance. We got their uh, record yeah. amount of uh, board guidance uh, given in Q2 since I think 2019. So since mm -hmm. the pandemic, because um, everyone remembers that you know basically everyone cut their guidance from their, their earnings sheet, so it was too uncertain. We didn't know what was going to happen, and that slowly crept back in. So that's that, I suppose that's a good thing for markets. We get a little bit more. Uh, you know, through the looking glass, a, a bit of a future, uh, you know, look at the future. Um, and like you said, I mean, if companies are going to come through and say the consumer is still really strong, then those yields are going to start keep on spiking. And we'll get the first taste of that with Pepsi sure. next week. Pepsi, okay. I, I like Pepsi, Coke, McDonald's, all those staples. They get a, they get a real uh, good look at, <laughs> at the, the US consumer and how they're spending and the the, yeah. the the theme has been um, prices have been up because of you know, inflation, but volumes yeah. have have come down a smidge. I think we start to see those vol volumes start to come off a, a lot more uh, whilst prices okay. remain uh, lofty. So all right, uh, we got a yeah. minute. We got a minute left here. My producer's yelling all right. at me. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, this well, um, this chart that's up here shows that uh, any time that there is a rise in bond yields, typically ends with a financial accident. Pay attention to that. Next week, we have David Scutt on the podcast. It has been Scuddy. confirmed. Pay attention. Scuddy. Scuddy is in the house. He's very keen to get yes. amongst it. Fintwit royalty there. Yeah, Fintwit royalty. Fantastic times. Now, uh, your pick. We've got a minute left. Go. Uh, NFL. Hey, we, we, we got our, we've got our pits up, tips up. Mate, we are unbeatable. Yeah, we did. We are unbeatable. We Go. Highs 1 to 39 for myself. Yep. Uh, NFL, yep. Uh, since the AFL is no longer going, NFL. 
Uh, the Philly Eagles to cover the line at negative four and a half versus the Rams paying a dollar ninety. I like that. The Eagles are on fire. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bears tomorrow in the Thursday night football. The Bears. So much time. Wow. The Bears to get their first win of the season against the Washington Commanders, but they need points. Give them six and a half. So take it down six and a half. to about to about a buck eighty or something like that. That's all for the show um, that we've got here. A quick one. I'm sorry. We've just got to get on with our lives and everything. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sponsored by the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange. Hey, mate, thank you for joining us. You made your investments. Mark well. Have a good one, guys, and I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Talk to you, bye. Go to the best. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 